I want to take your time this morning and uh, just uh, preach a little bit about this text, uh, if you would please. In Matthew chapter number 1 and verse number 18, the Bible says now the birth of Jesus, verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When, as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. And Joseph, her husband, being a just man, and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all of this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which it being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took upon his wife, and knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and she called his name Jesus. Because of uh, the commercial emphasis that has been placed upon Christmas, I think we as a church need a calling back to the biblical truth of what Christmas is all about. After the Christmas season, a teacher was quizzing three little boys in class about how their Christmas had gone and uh, how that they had uh, spent Christmas with their families. And one little boy volunteered and he said, well, teacher, we're a Catholic family. So we went to Mass and woke up early on Christmas morning and had breakfast together as a family, and then we opened presents. And man, we are blessed to have a lot of good presents. The second little boy said to the teacher, we are Christians in our family. So we went to a Christmas Eve service together. And we awoke early and had breakfast together and prayed around the table. And then we opened our presents and we had a wonderful time spending family time together. The third little boy said, well, teacher, uh, we're not Christians at our, at our family. In fact, all the family members are atheists. And traditionally on Christmas morning, we get up, we eat breakfast. Then we all get in our car and we drive down to my father's department store. 
And we go into the store and we look at all the empty shelves that was filled with merchandise before Christmas. And then we count our money that we've made from people who are buying presents to give to everybody in the world. And then we get in our car and go to the bank and on our way we sing the song, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. (laughs) Kind of sums up 21st, 21st century Christmas, doesn't it? Maybe we could define the 21st century Christmas with Black Friday or Blue Saturday. Well, they're blue because they spent so much on black. Maybe we could define the season with retail stores opening at four in the morning and lines camped around the front of the store waiting to be the first one in line to buy a present for everybody except the one whose birthday it really is. Uh, Now some of you folk look like your milk's getting clabbered. You ain't seen nothing yet, so just go ahead and keep it in the churn. The year's busiest shopping day has just passed and the merchants are rejoicing while the church is regressing. You think about it, if you would please, the season in which we are entering is a time of giving to everybody except Jesus. We take that which belongs to him and buy presents for our kids. Then ask God to bless our kids walking around with stolen toys and stolen clothes. Maybe we've adapted the gospel according to Santa Claus. I think maybe our focus is wrong. I think maybe we begin to focus on things that has blurred our vision of what Christmas is all about. For many, and I I hate to say this, but for many the focus is placed on an overweight, white-bearded old man sitting in a mall promising kids something that he's not having any intention of following through with. And then, of course, instead of the parents of the kids have to cover up and perpetuate the fraud and the Fantasy until the hope of Christmas turns into nothing except materialism. And the success of Christmas is geared by how much junk we got under a tree that's probably not real and probably won't light up 
next year when we plug it up. So in the light of all of that, my sermon title today is May I Remind You What Christmas Is All About. Because the focus has been blurred, has it not? Our kids are taking a winter break, not a Christmas holiday. Hmm? God forbid if you live in any state except Texas, you can't say Merry Christmas. But according to House Bill 308 in Texas, you can still say Merry Christmas. I'm glad I'm a Texan. In fact, I think I'll start wearing boots. <laughs> Amen. So I'd just like today to be able to remind you that probably we all need to be reminded that number one, Christmas is about Christ. Now, if you notice, if you would, please, we'll look at verse 18. And then we'll look at verse 21. And then we'll look at verse 23. And then we'll look at verse 25. And we'll see if we find Santa Claus in any of that. Verse, 20, verse 18 says, And the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. Verse 21 and ye shall call, and, and she shall bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. Verse 23, And behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which been interpreted as God with us. Verse 25, And knew her not till she brought forth her firstborn son, and she called his name Jesus, I believe, I believe with all my heart that Christmas is all about Jesus. It's not about how much junk you can give your kids. It's not how far in debt you can go and bury yourself so deep buying presents trying to prove one time a year that you love somebody. Why don't you just do it every day of the year instead of going into debt one day of the year and teach our kids to be little junkies? Christmas is about Jesus. It's about Christ. If you notice something, Mary was a virgin, so it was a very unusual, supernatural, miraculous kind of date. Notice verse 18, the Bible talks about her being a virgin, espoused to a woman before she came together. So Mary was a virgin. May I help you a little bit? Joseph was not Jesus' father. Can you imagine for just a minute, Matthew Henry, if you have a commentary, probably it's a Matthew Henry commentary. He was a commentator, a biblical commentator of the 1600s. He wrote, The God who took a motherless woman out of the side of a man to make Eve is the same God that took a fatherless man out of the body of a woman to make Jesus. 
Now, I know you might have to think a little bit to get a hold of that. Have you ever thought that the Son of God leaves the bosom of the Father to nurse on the breast of an earthly mother? Think a minute. Think a minute. The Son of God becomes also the Son of Mary. Think a minute. Think a minute. The Most High God in Jesus becomes the Most Nigh God. Think a minute. The infinite in Jesus became the infant. Think a minute. Can you think a minute? Jesus was a heavenly child with an earthly mother. And the earthly child of a heavenly father. Think a minute. Could I please remind you, if I might, in eternity, he had a father and no mother. And on earth, he had a mother, but no father. Think a minute. Something unusual about this holiday. It's not about trees. And it's not about gadgets hanging on the tree. And whether you like it or not, it's not about giving to one another. It's about a man who came down here who made his own mother who was older than his mother and exactly the same age as his father. Can you think a minute? This is a most unusual occupant ever to occupy earth sea. Oh, can you imagine just a minute? He was co-eternal, co-essential, Coexistent and co-equal with the Father. But now he's a human. God with us. Have you ever thought about that? Man, it's like a funeral in here. But Christmas is about Christ. And I thought I'd just stop by today to remind you. If you don't have the wherewithal to shower your family with a bunch of junk, that's okay. It's not about a junky family anyhow. It's about he who is altogether lovely. He who is altogether omnipotent. He who is altogether magnificent took upon himself the flesh of a human being and raised in poverty and obscurity 
mistreated, rejected, and hung on a cross, crucified, put in a grave, and on the third day he rose again and seats at the right hand of God the Father today. Christmas is about Christ. And I'm a-thinking, please now, don't let me make you mad or hurt your feelings. I'm thinking we've let it get blurred just to that. So I thought I'd just drop by for about 30 minutes to remind you that Christmas is not about us. It's not about you. It's not about the kids. It's about Jesus. And God help us to not propagate the fraud that here comes Santa Claus, here comes Santa Claus, right down Santa Claus Lane. Well, I'm 77 years old and I've never seen Santa Claus Lane. You say, you're ruining my Christmas. No, it's ruined before you got here. But Christmas is about Christ. Could I give you the second thought? And his name says it all. Watch this. Verse 21. His name says it all. And he, she shall bring forth a son and shall call his name what? Well, what's that mean? He shall save his people from their sins. A preacher, I don't understand all this Christianity. He shall save his people from their sins. David said, my sin is ever before me. He said, when I go to sleep at night, I dream of my sin. When I'm by myself, my sin is like an old dog on the trail, always reminded me. Your sins is what's killing you. Your sin is what's separating you and your wife. Your sin has misused and abused children. Sin is why our world is in the mess it is today, and Trump can't fix it. Sin. And the Bible said, And God looked down, and the imagination of the very heart was evil continually. And God looked down and said, We either got to destroy it, or we got to deliver it. And instead of God destroying us like we deserve, God sent a deliverer on Christmas morn some 2,000 years ago. Jesus Christ got on the staircase of glory and walked down through the eons of time and got off in a little stable in Bethlehem's manger in the form of a little baby. And Joseph said, we got to call him Jesus because he's going to save his people from our sins. His name tells the whole story. Notice again in the verse, if you would please, 
in, in verse number 23, the Bible says about his name. In verse 23, the Bible said, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. You see, in the Bible and in the Eastern economy, names meant something. Names spoke many times of character. And if they did not have any character, they give him a nickname. Jacob, the deceiver. Jacob, the conniver. Jacob, after he met the Lord, Israel, the prince of God. Names meant something in the Bible. I bet probably the majority of us today did not even know what our name means. My name means well-born. Gene, well-born. My last name means son of the wolf. So I'm a well-born son of the wolf. That shall call his name Jesus. Somebody said, what does that mean? Savior. He shall save his people from their sins. They shall call his name Emmanuel. What does that mean? God with us. Hallelujah. His name tells us all we need to know about Christmas. And that's what Christmas is all about. And Paul, looking back, Peter looking back and Luke looking back says, and there's no other name given among men whereby we must be saved. The name of Jesus. I thought I'd just stop by today to remind some of us what Christmas is all about. Can you imagine anybody doubting whether I would have services on Christmas? Sure, I'm going to have services. So all the folks that don't have services will have a place to go worship God. Well, I've already got plans. That's your problem, not mine. Because we already got enough money in the treasury to pay the bill for opening on Christmas. Could I please remind you that you might need to be reminded what Christmas is all about. It's about Christ. And His name tells the whole story. Could I please suggest to you that the first Christmas should not have been a surprise to anybody. But it was a surprise to everybody. Could I please invite your attention to verse 22 and 23. Christmas should not have surprised anybody. Verse 22. Now all of this was done. What's all of this? 
a virgin conceiving. Joseph saying, are you gaining weight, Mary? Some of the town folks saying, well, she's changed the type of clothing she's wearing. And all of this was done the first Christmas. All of this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet saying. Shouldn't have surprised anybody. 4,000 years before this happened, Moses said, and he shall bruise the serpent's head. Genesis 3.15 is the very first promise of Jesus Christ coming to this earth. And 4,000 years before this ever happened, it was told by Moses it's going to happen. For 4,000 years, the choir in heaven has been practicing the song. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace and goodwill toward men. Shouldn't have surprised anybody that there was a virgin, teenage girl that was pregnant and was impregnated by the Holy Ghost of Almighty God. And the Bible said, Behold, verse 23, a virgin shall be with child. 750 years prior to this event, Isaiah said, A virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. No one should have been surprised. 750 years before the conception, before the birth, before Bethlehem, before God hung the star in the sky to guide those to the bedside. Isaiah said, for unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and you shall call his name Wonderful Counselor. Almighty God, Prince of Peace and Everlasting Father. Could I please remind you that this event should have not surprised anybody on the face of the earth. And looking back, isn't it great that our vision is better backwards than it is forward? I now know that In Joshua, when they say 20 miles an hour, they mean 20 miles an hour. They really do. They mean that. Other members of my family have discovered that S-D-O-P on signs means don't slow down, then creep through. In hindsight, the great apostle, theologian, 
Paul looks back through the Old Testament scriptures and he remembers God saying to the serpent in the garden immediately after sin, but his seed shall bruise thy head, but your seed will bruise his heel. And the theologian wrote down Galatians 4 and 4, and in the fullness of time, God sent his son, the seed of a woman, born under the law, that he might redeem them that are under the law, and give us the adoption of sons. Shouldn't surprise anybody that a teenage girl would conceive and bear a son, and he called his name Christ Must. Not Santa Claus us. Christ must. By the way, before you get mad, I thought I'd just drop by to remind you what Christmas is all about. It's all about Christ. His name says it all. It should not be a surprise. And I close. You said, you're kidding. It's five minutes till 12. On my watch, it's 15 till. Before we go, I'd like to show you an absolute, astonishing lesson we learn from Christmas. And it's the lesson of obedience. Did you know it's impossible to almost Please, God. Did you know there's no such thing as I'm close to what God wants me to be? Look at verse 24 and 25 before we go. And I I know I've just made your Christmas this year. Verse 24 and 25 Christmas has a tremendous lesson for each of us today. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him. If you mark in your Bible, won't you just underline the word did? He did what God wanted him to do. Completely, totally, immediately, without reservation, he did what God wanted him to do.
in the light of ridicule, in the light of embarrassment engaged to a pregnant woman, the face of gossip, he did. Real lesson there. He did. And the Bible said, and he took unto him his wife. In the Hebrew culture in this day, there was two stages of marriage. One was called the spousal. Many times it lasted for as long as a year. It's called engagement. They were not living together as husband and wife, but they became engaged and for at least sometimes as long as a year to prove their integrity To show the need for purity. He was espoused and had signed a contract that was just as binding as marriage. Today we get engaged and if things don't work out, well, see you later, baby. That's it. Not that way. After engagement... If they did not follow through with the marriage, it necessitated a divorce and a writing of a degree of divorce. Joseph and Mary are planning a family together. Perhaps they have plans for the home they're going to build. Perhaps they're planning on a family and everything's fine. Everything's going just great. And one day they sit down to talk and Joseph begins to remind Mary about the plans for the house and plans that's going on. And this 16 or 15-year-old girl says to the 20-something-year-old man, Joseph, I have something to tell you that, that probably you need to know. I'm pregnant. How do you think that went over? <gasps> You're what? I'm pregnant. Sometimes obedience is not so easy. Sometimes obeying God is more than just showing up at church with your temperature 98.6 when you feel like it. You're what? I'm pregnant. You are. 
Yeah, and Joseph, it's of the Holy Ghost. How would you like to swallow that story? How would you guys handle that? Would you say in closing that Joseph is having a dilemma? He must make a decision. Do you think maybe he knew what Moses had said 4,000 years ago? Do you think maybe there's a possibility he had read Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14? Could it be possible that maybe down at the synagogue or at the temple he'd heard somebody quote Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6? Could, could, could that be possible? But whether he'd heard that or not, he had a decision to make. He is in a dilemma. Now common sense said to Joseph, put her away privately. Be a good Christian. Don't embarrass her. Don't embarrass the family. Just privately, when nobody's looking, just write her a bill of divorcement, then don't go see her anymore. The law says the adulteress shall be put to death. Leviticus 20 and verse 10. Deuteronomy said there's no difference in an espousal and a wife. If she's guilty in the city, take her to the gate of the city and stone her to death. Joseph is in the midst of a dilemma. I'm sorry. I, folks, just look. Would you folk please wake up? There's a lesson in Christmas if we'll just look at it. Joseph has Got to make a decision. The law says the adulteress is to be put to death. The religious crowd in John 8, 41 accuses Mary of a fornication and that Jesus Christ is the product of fornication. He has a decision to make. Behold, I set before you this day a blessing and a curse. A blessing if ye obey the commandments of the Lord. Your God, which I command you this day. A curse if you will not obey the commandments of the Lord your God. Joseph made a radical decision to do what God commanded him to do.
and God blessed him. And God said to you and I in 2016, if you want to be blessed this Christmas season, do what I tell you to do. If you want to be cursed throughout 2017, don't do what I tell you to do. Quite a lesson we learned from Joseph about the first Christmas.